Hello, you're listening to Space for Rant, a stream of self-consciousness, where we cover topics from the mundane to the taboo, from the distant to the deeply personal. I'm Jacob, your host. Hello, everyone. Um, Episode six, here it is. Um, I wish I could be pumping these out faster. I mean, in theory, I wish I could be, or I wish I was, because I could be. But the problem is sometimes these topics I want to talk about are just really hard to solidify and to get into a state where I am comfortable talking about them. Um, So this one took me a while, but before we do any of that, I just want to, uh, well, there's something I want you to hear. It's not anything good or bad, but. nothing really important about that I just wanted to uh, uh, show off the the uh, benefits of having an updated audio equipment setup uh, not that I'm gonna be a professional studio music producer or anything but I do still do music every once in a while that's a topic for another episode though uh, today's episode well originally I wanted to talk about something that's been on my mind uh, for a while a couple months That is the topic of masculinity and femininity. Not two separate topics, but one topic talking about these two subjects. And I realized that I I don't really have much to say about femininity, not because I don't care, but because it just, I feel like I'm not qualified and I don't, I was, I didn't want to go through the trouble of asking women about what it means to them and all that. So I decided to stick with what I know and talk about this because I do have quite a bit to say about masculinity. When I think of masculinity, the first thing that comes to mind is a view of the traditional gender roles of of men, where they are the, the provider or the breadwinner. They're not really that emotional. They're more stoic, hardened, strong, that physical strength in their body and mind. They are a defender of what's theirs. They, they are the man of the house, so to speak, of when I think of masculinity. But I know that is really not how masculinity is practiced, at least for me. That's not how I practice it. If we define masculinity, Oxford defines it as qualities or attributes regarded as characteristic of men. Okay, so I, I think that is pretty straightforward. I guess what the way that I was... The first thing that comes to mind for me when I think of masculinity, I think is fits into that. It is qualities or attributes regarded as characteristics of men in general. I think part of why I'm doing this is because internally I'm trying to figure out a couple things. Number one, what masculinity means. Number two, toxic masculinity. And number three, what masculinity means to me. And I'm going to try to go through those three things and explain and think and just get it out of my head, get it onto an audio and 
spit it out to the world. So with that definition, uh, which is a set of attributes, behaviors, and roles associated with men and boys, to me, that says it is something socially constructed. It's not something necessarily set in stone or set in our genetics or biology, although there are some things that are set in biological differences between men and women. And I know that there are people in between men and women, there are people outside of men and women, and I'm not saying that those people don't matter. I am talking from a heteronormative viewpoint, and if that's something that you don't want to listen to, skip this episode, but I'm talking from a heteronormative, cisnormative viewpoint, and that is what this episode's going to be, because that is, the, the that makes up the majority of the way I see the world. I'm not saying I don't see anybody else. I'm not saying that I ju- I don't judge anyone else, and you'll hopefully see the way, what should I explain masculinity means to me, you will hopefully see that it is built partly upon acceptance and equality, um, but we're talking about masculinity, and that seems to be a very, even though it's a, it's a construct, it's talking about men and boys, and that is a, to my mind, a, a cisgender category. In this traditional uh, viewpoint of what masculinity is, men tend to be the strong men, the stoic defender, the leader of the household, the breadwinner. A lot of the stuff that I, I think of, I think of, uh, you know, the, the statues of, of world leaders and Greek statues of their leaders and Roman statues of Caesar and Augustus and blah, blah, blah. And all of that works for a society for a time. There comes another time in the future when life expectancies are so great, you have so much population, and you're not just needlessly killing each other anymore. You don't need your warlords and your chiefs and people who are strong and overpowering. You enter a new era of human existence. And this might get a little bit political, so... Please forgive me. Let's look at quote-unquote conservative values. They they tend to be family-oriented. This view of a man and a woman as, as father and mother, and a woman is the caregiver, a man is the breadwinner, he goes out to his job, the woman stays at home, takes care of the baby, does the housework, doesn't ask questions, doesn't make her own money, doesn't have any agency. But that's just the way that things have been. And that's what God says is good. So therefore, it must be good. We cannot go into this new age thing where people can identify however the heck they want and where women can be executives and run for president. And because that, that's just... That's what men do. That's men, men are the strong ones. Men were made to be leaders. Blah, 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 blah. W- women have the baby-making genitals. Therefore, their job, their purpose, is to have babies and to take care of them and take care of the home. And that is 
a fine argument, I guess. You can look at biological difference. Say, yep, women make baby, take care of baby. Men have muscle, do job. But that's not the world we're living in anymore. That's just not the reality. We're not so reliant on ourselves. We have technology. We have modern medicine. We have jobs that don't require a bunch of muscle and for you to be a big, strong man. Frankly, I think that's a wonderful thing. I, I like that direction where we can step back from our roots, our biological roots, think about where we've come from and, and push ourselves in a new direction to transcend this Darwinistic sexual dimorphism biological point of view and make something new out of that. That is a power that we have and a power that I think we should be using. And this is kind of where the issue of toxic masculinity comes in. Toxic masculinity are those traits associated with men and boys that cause harm to society or to men. The idea of men as being dominant in society, as men being the head of the household, as being aggressive and homophobic and hateful of the other and protective, those can lead to negatives. And you get stuff like the Proud Boys and this toxic masculinity of normalizing violence and boys being boys uh, perpetuates uh, domestic violence, regular, regular, what? Regular violence? You know what I mean. Non-domestic violence, non-domestic violence is what I meant. Um, homophobia, rape culture. It's things that aren't pleasant in my opinion, and aside from just being the classic angry, aggressive, abusive, misogynistic, toxic, toxically masculine man, there is another side to toxic masculinity that relates to certain movements similar to the Proud Boys, uh, things like the Red Pill, MGTOW, incels, people who are upset with something in their life and with society and proceed to hate women because of it. I'd actually like to look over those quickly uh, because they're quite interesting. Uh, for instance, uh, the red pill, and I'm reading this uh, straight from Wikipedia if you want to see it. Now, being red-pilled is a term which means you've come to this supposed realization that uh, certain gender roles that men are expected to conform to, such as marriage and monogamy, are intended to solely benefit women rather than for mutual benefit. The term was also adopted by the alt-right, uh, basically meaning that you've adopted these far-right views. Similarly, MGTOW, uh, which is an acronym standing for men going their own way, is basically like, no, I don't need women. Women have only hurt me. Women suck, blah, 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 blah. And incels, which is short for involuntarily celibate, which started as uh, 
supposed to be kind of a support movement. There is an interesting episode, I think, of Reply All about this, but it uh, was quickly turned into hateful, I can't have sex and it is women's fault kind of a thing, uh, which sucks. Sucks to be in that mindset. Sucks to have that mindset. Sucks to have people with that mindset come at you. So this toxic masculinity, it's just full of violence and blame and hate. And it sucks. And it takes all of the worst elements. I mean, that's literally what it is. Toxic masculinity is basically just, these are the bad elements of masculinity. The stuff that makes people hate. I think I'm very lucky that my upbringing was nothing like that. I was not taught to hate when I did say something uh, out of ignorance, something that was hateful when I was very young. Uh, my mother was very quick to correct me and say, hey, we we don't think like that in this household. And someone can point at that and say, oh, it's indoctrination. She wouldn't let you be racist. I'm glad she didn't let me be racist because being racist sucks. It pushes people away from you. And people are wonderful. I want to pull people in. All sorts of people. In watching my parents, I've learned a thing or two about how they express femininity or masculinity. I don't mean like, oh, femininity, beauty, and whatever, masculinity, big, strong man. I, I mean their roles as a man and a woman in a family. There were plenty of things that didn't conform to those traditional views, such as the man being the head of the household. I would argue that my mother was the head of the household. I can't speak too much to uh, my early years when I don't really remember anything, but when I started becoming like an actual human, it seemed like there wasn't like a clear breadwinner in the family. I don't know if that has flip-flopped over time or if it stayed consistent, but I'm just trying to say that the idea of a sole provider in the family wasn't something that I think I grew up with. Instead, there were the two parental units working together to both provide for the family. And with my mother being the head of the household, she was also in my opinion, the, the primary caregiver. And it's probably due to her medical background. She would take care of us when we got sick. She would bring home uh, flu shots from work when it was flu season. Um, when I was on Accutane for a while in high school, she would draw my blood every week or so because she could. And I think that's really interesting because it's not like it was something... Or at least it appeared that it wasn't something that she had to do because she was a woman. She did it because she had the skills. She also was in charge of a lot of the cooking. I don't think it's because she was a woman. It was because she had the skills and she enjoyed it. And I don't think anyone enjoys cleaning, but she was often the... Uh, the leader in that when we did our weekend cleanings. Maybe that was kind of a, um, and maybe it still is more of a uh, traditional gender role type of thing. But it's not toxic and it's not bad because 
in the end, we all would clean because what she says goes and she tells us to clean, we're all going to clean. So it's a mix between that uh, that non-binary head of the household concept mixed with this sort of tra traditional feminine trait, sort of, if that makes any sense at all. But this isn't about feminine traits. This is about men and masculinity. So what did I get from my dad? What did I learn about being a man from him? Well, if I remember correctly, he was doing and does like the, the outside work, the manual labor, a lot of that stuff around the house. And if I remember correctly, that is an agreement that my, my parents made. You know, if we're going to get married, if we're going to live together, you know, mom's going to do the cooking because she doesn't want to do the outside work and dad is going to do the outside work. And dad's okay with that. He can do that. He can handle that. Growing up, there were points when I would help my dad with that kind of stuff. Uh, tree clearing. We had a ton of trees. Some were dead, and we were just trying to clear up the land and make it look nice and stuff and clean up the brush and move it somewhere else and do things like put the plastic wrap over the porch in the winter so it wouldn't get all snowed in and wouldn't cause a bunch of problems. Those were things that I didn't enjoy doing. I mean, I'm sure he didn't enjoy doing them either. And a lot of times I tried to get out of those those chores. Yet still, even though I don't like those chores, I imagine myself, if I'm living with a significant other in a house with property and land, it still feels like it's my duty to do those kinds of things as the man of the house. So I wonder if that's something that I've uh, picked up about masculinity for myself. There is a very positive masculine trait that I think I learned from my father as well, having to do with arguments, discussion, opinions, those kinds of things. At a young age, I can remember asking my dad questions about stuff, about stuff I heard on the news, because he would listen to NPR all the time, whole car ride. It's pretty much, well, at least when I was in the car. And I would ask him about stuff, and I would ask him for his opinion on things, like, oh, who do you think, who do you think would be the next good president? Who are you going to vote for? What does this mean? What do you think about that? And there was a point where he stopped answering that question, it seems, and started to instead ask me what I thought. This was frustrating at the time, but it's it's clear that he was trying to get me to think and getting me to use my head. I'll give an example. Um, Citizens United. I, I This was a while. I, I was a kid, and I hardly had enough knowledge to make my own political opinions. Um, but we started talking about it, and I said, you know, Dad, I just don't think it's right that a corporation can make these huge political donations and be seen as like a human entity. And he said, why? Why do you think that? And that took, I was really taken aback. I, I took that to mean that he disagreed with me. 
And it was frustrating because I didn't realize that. I didn't realize he was trying to get me to formulate an actual thought about why I think that's wrong. But it's something that I I picked up from him. I, I do like to think about what I say before I say it. That's why I pause a lot in in my words in mid sentence because I I like to think about what I say before I say it. I hate to get halfway through a sentence and start stuttering and stumbling over my words. I used to stutter a lot worse when I was younger, and I don't know if I taught myself to not stutter because I started thinking about my words before I said them, or if I just outgrew it, if it was ADHD, I don't know. But I like to think that it was uh, learning that ability to think about what I want to say that, that stopped me from stuttering. Thanks, Dad. That's not even a masculine trait. I don't think that is a trait that is or should be associated with men and boys. I think that everybody should should have that ability. I'm just saying that I learned that from my from my masculine influence in my life. There's a specific instance of a, another lesson I was taught. It was definitely more explicit than the other things. I got in an argument with my mother about something, and I just would not let it go. She would not let it go. I think as the parent, it probably is uh, definitely in her best interest to not let it go because she makes the rules. It was before the, a Boy Scout meeting, um, but me and my dad, we after this argument with my mom, uh, we left to go to the meeting, and my dad, he taught me something about... Something about this argument, but I remember him saying, you need to pick your battles. It was a battle, this argument with my mother. It was a battle that I knew that I couldn't win. Maybe I didn't know it. Maybe I didn't realize it, and I was just stubborn and dumb. But I learned that there are arguments, and there are cases where your voice will not be heard and it will be refused and that's that's just how it is and you need to accept that push that aside and work on the next thing or when it comes time to to stand up for yourself and to make your voice heard you will know but you need to you need to be able to assess correctly when that time is. I actually texted my dad to ask him his thoughts on what masculinity means. And, uh, you know, I, I think he and I agree a lot on this. Uh, he says, I guess masculinity means to me the act of being and acting like a good man. Children without positive male influences in their life don't know how to be a, quote, good man, unquote, and they don't know how to treat women correctly. They haven't been taught to not talk back to their mother or hit their girlfriend or rape a woman who is, quote, asking for it, unquote, by the way she's dressed. I know I've mentioned the issue of toxic masculinity, including the aggression and violence, but I... I did not learn that. That is not in my masculine vocabulary. 
I guess. I've never been in a fight. I've never had to be in a fight. I've never, I've been punched once, but that was in fourth grade, so it doesn't really count. I've never had to throw a punch. Every time I have done something like that, when I was a kid, it was met with punishment and shame. Rightfully so. In the end, masculinity to me is almost like a rejection of toxic elements of masculinity. What it means to be a man is to reject what, to reject part of what makes men men. And I don't mean to say that men are meant to be violent and terrible, but that's how men have been for forever. And I want change. To me, masculinity means to be comfortable in that change, to be comfortable with who you are, to accept who you are as a person, and to be able to express yourself in ways that don't fit in with traditional masculinity. To me, masculinity is finding that calm center within yourself and focusing on that and using that instead of anger, and violence. Masculinity is understanding that you are a man, and physically, biologically speaking, you are different from women. You may be bigger and stronger, and you need to be aware of that. And you need to not use that to hurt people. You need to use that to protect the people you love. You need to use that to stand up for yourself when the time is right. To me, masculinity is not power through violence and hatred and tribalism. To me, masculinity is power through acceptance of yourself and of others. And learning to become comfortable with what's uncomfortable. It means helping your friends and family see where their actions and their words can be hurtful or perpetuate certain stereotypes and cultural elements that are detrimental to society and to people's well-being. It means... Acknowledging your capacity to love and your ability to be loved and your desire to have friendships and relationships and family. It's about using that traditional masculine role of being in a position of power and aggression and tribalism and destruction and death and putting that energy into leaving the world a much better place than it was when you were born. That is what masculinity means to me. Thank you for listening. I think a majority of my audience is female, so thank you for uh, putting up with this episode. I appreciate it. You know, I'm not really sure where to go for the next episode. Um, so if you have any suggestions for something you'd like to hear me ramble about, uh, that'd be cool. Oh, 
And please, if you have a moment, please take uh, some time to rate the podcast. You don't have to give it five stars. You can give it whatever the heck you want. I don't care. Just if you could rate it, that'd be nice. That I'd appreciate it. You can find me at Nautilus Studios. That's N-A-U-T-I-L-U-S-T-U-D-I-O-S. You can find me at NautilusStudios.com, Twitter at Nautilus Studios, Instagram at Nautilus Studios. If you have suggestions, you can leave it there. Well, spring is on its way, at least here in the Northeast. Take that time, enjoy the spring, enjoy nature, be safe, have fun. Love you all.